Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That was another one from the Miami Vice soundtrack. It was. Love that one. Love that one. Well, when they went to New York, it was a very special uh, two-part episode of Miami Vice. We had a buddy in high school whose name was uh, Paul Arberman. I'm just going to go ahead and shout him out. And (laughs) he was an early adopter of the Miami Vice thing. So we are going, we're just like going to a random kegger party in high school. And he's got the aqua shirt. Nice. White jacket. And he's just bringing it, shamelessly bringing it. Anyhow, this poor guy, as we arrive at the party, my best friend Vince and I get behind him and we're doing You Belong to the City. We just follow him around, (laughs) singing behind him as he tries to pick up on the ladies. Didn't work out for him. 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. because you were giving me crap right now. Welcome to 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys on the Electrocast Podcast Network. We are bringing home the year 2016 right now. What a year for music. But before we get there, yes, I have put in a dog fence in my backyard. I dug the holes. I bought the stuff. I pulled the wire fence super tight. You know that my wife listens to this podcast and that you're murdering me. Don't you have a dog fence for your We literally, right. We just hired people to put in the the dog fence. (laughs) Under no circumstances am I trying to put in a dog fence. No way. Well, one of these two dog fences is going to need major repair in four months. That's the difference. (laughs) Tim Paul Bunyan Plain out there in Asheville, North Carolina, splitting logs and telling stories. (laughs) I will say, uh, young Patrick was out there with me. This is how I got that stupid bee sting. Anyways, it is 2016, um, <laughs> and our lives are so scattered in these next four weeks. I've got two weeks in Utah, seeing every park they've put up in Utah, national, state, county. I'm going to that park. Um, <laughs> and then I've got two weeks in Maine. Jeff, what's the next month of your life look like? Jesus, I'm teaching summer school. Then I got to take Will to college orientation and then take B to sleepaway camp. So Woo. I'm all, I'm kind of, but then I come back and, and I'm grinding away again for several weeks. But uh, yeah, all the right. next, the next 14 days are, are pretty, pretty busy. Ben Barton, how about you? I did my big trip already, friends. Yeah. I'm just yeah. chilling. You're just going to chill. Awesome. I mean, I'm going to write and work and all of that stuff, but yeah, uh-huh. no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to at least huh? stay home. Tim's going to split rails and put fences in the ground. And Ben's <laughs> yeah, going to no, think sure. of witticisms and capture them on the page. <laughs> we, we, we bridge the whole gamut here on 50 yeah, Years of Music. We got it covered. Whatever uh, kind of white guy you are, we got one. 
<laughs> All right. Well, in 2016, of course, we had a lot of news events. Uh, I'll see what I'm going to do when we get there. Uh, but first things first, this is a music podcast. So we have to announce who the Grammy winner is for the year 2016. Jeff Simons, it's, um, this album is also the number one selling album of 2016. And we have been here before. And we've been here before. Are you just going to play a, a little 20 seconds of something? Because uh, the people are expecting it. Can you remember which song Ben said was his favorite when we talked about this album the previous two times we talked about it? <laughs> ben, what's your favorite song on 25? Uh, let's do, uh, oh, 25. Yeah. yeah. Hilarious. Uh, is River Lee on this one? Yeah, it is. Here it comes. It's the Grammy winner. It's the number one album. 25 by Adele. It picks up, I promise. Everybody tells me it's about time that I moved on. Then I need to learn to lighten up and learn how to be young. But my heart is a valley, it's so shallow and man-made. I'm scared to death if I let you in that you see I'm just a fake. Sometimes I feel lonely in the arms of your touch But I know that's just me cause nothing ever is enough When I was a child I grew up by the river Lee And there was something in the water now that something's in me Oh I can't go back But there is a boy out of my fingertips I can't go back So it's the number one selling album of 2015. It wins the Grammy and then it becomes the number one selling album of the year 2016. Adele is doing all right at this time. It's so funny that she's got like multiple songs about her like old soul at 25. It really is funny. I I also, I, that's cracked me up a little bit. Jeff knows I was thrilled when he named his record River Run. I'm a huge sucker for rivers. Like yeah. Songs about rivers, rivers know, right? themes, all of that stuff just w- works for me for sure. And so when she goes through the slow part and then the river lee, it's in my veins, it comes back. So good. So we got to have a, a river podcast. Yeah, sure. Favorite songs about rivers? Because I love that dirty water. Great one. Uh, I mean, you're the worst. You That's the what worst. we do in Massachusetts. And then you got uh, your Cuyahoga. You got oh, um, the Cuyahoga River Catching on Fire by Randy Newman, Burn On. That's a good song about rivers. Uh, river of Dreams by Billy Joel. Oh, stop. Okay. Say. We're not doing a river podcast because you cannot be trusted <laughs> to control yourself. Uh, I go right. down to the river. I, I actually, first of all, I like man. that song a lot better than Dirty Water. I like <laughs> a lot better. <laughs> Come on. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, in 2016, Pope Francis and Patriarch Kirill of the uh, Russian Orthodox Church signed an ecumenical declaration. It was the first meeting between these two leaders, the leader of the Catholic Church and the leader of the Russian Orthodox Church, since the schism of what year? 
Oh, this is a great one. I'm going to say 890. 890? 891. 891. Jeff is closer. It was the schism of 1054. Did that wow. have anything to do with the Battle of Hastings? Did the schism <laughs> of 1054 lead to the Battle of 1066? Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. That's it's times great... like this that my atheism really comes in handy because I don't have to care about any of this. <laughs> like, I just ecumenical, love... ecumenical, whatever. I'm just like, doop -a -doop -a -doop -a. I, I just picture them sitting around in, in 1300. Like, wait, which schism are you talking about? The schism of nine four no no ten fifty four oh that schism that was uh, a big one they don't have to big, guess which schism. schism this is a big one <laughs> um president we don't Obama. have enough modern schisms <laughs> we actually don't have we could oh, use a, i strongly disagree we, we don't call them many. schisms though we should go back to that terminology that would be great the, the uh madison cawthorn schism yeah that president, has a better ring to it <laughs> president barack obama visits cuba the first time a U.S. president has visited Cuba since Jeff Simons, you have to go first this time. Ooh, uh, Eisenhower. Uh, sorry, give me a date. 1953. Uh, higher or oh, lower? Oh, I'm so happy. 1952. Give it to me. <laughs> that is correct. Because we're going all the way back to 1928. No way! Yes, a U.S. sitting president visited Cuba. Why didn't we go after World War II? What was the beef? I then? was going to guess. I was going to guess Teddy Roosevelt. So yeah. That's good. Oh my God! Really? That far back? It was uh, Calvin Coolidge was the president who went in 1928. All right, for the tiebreaker, and anyone can go first. So you can either go first or you, we could just have a lot of silence for our listeners right here. Okay. The Summer Olympics are held in Rio de Janeiro. The first time the Olympics have been held in South America since? Mexico City in 1968. Ben? <laughs> first of all, Tim, you're going to do a tiebreaker. That's Olympics. I love it. The, 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 this deck is so stacked. And here is your five dollars. I've known the whole time that you've had it in for me, but uh -huh. that was like the worst. That was the worst. That was when you like you were like, oh, that was a technical foul, and you tossed out of the game. It's two uh, shots and the ben, ball, I, and also you just win now. Jeff I'm just gonna, wins. I'm gonna need an answer. <laughs> I, I, I have no. I mean, presumably Mexico City. Maybe that's not in South America. I have no idea. The oh, Peruvian Ben Barton of 1960. Ben Barton, did I give Jeff Simons an Olympic question that was also a geography question? Oh, you're gonna say Mexico City is not South America? <laughs> of course, it actually it's not South, South America. America. Whatever. <laughs> Anyhow, Jeff is still wins because I have no clue. No Wait, clue. so I have to think of when? What was the other? It was a Olympics? trick question. The Olympics have never have been never held. Been. Coventry City America. has never won oh. the FA Cup. Nice job. <laughs> nice job. All right. Good stuff. I actually do know that Mexico is technically not in South America. Technically? I, I apologize. <laughs> Thank you. How about Canada? <laughs> Canada is different too, right? Isn't that like extra North America? All right. We also... It's extreme North America. Extreme North America. We also, uh, 2016 was the awful uh, Pulse nightclub shooting oh. in Orlando. We had the bizarre P 
Pokemon Go game where everybody's walking around looking at their phone. I have a story bump, about that. Bumping into my, things. My son was uh, the target age for Pokemon Go. Uh-huh. And uh, we were visiting my parents in Annapolis. And he said, I'm just going to go wander around and try to catch some Pokemon. Oh, boy. And I'm like, all right. And he was gone for a while. And he came back. And he was like, yeah, I caught a really rare one in the library parking lot. And I got into this great conversation with this guy who was also catching Pokemon. And I was just like, oh, I understand why Pokemon Go exists now. <laughs> it's so that creepy single men can chat up kids in public spaces. I shut that shit down so fast. I'm like, oh, no more catching man. them all without me watching. That is a little scary, a little scary. Uh, hey, on October 7th of 2016, Three gigantic news stories all broke on the same day. Can we name all three news stories from October 7th? All right, October 7th, 2016. Um, that was the Trump NBC tape. About Excellent. Grabbed by the PUSS1. Yes, that is one big story that came out that day. Attendant. Oh, wait, hold that. on. I've got another one, which is they reopened the investigation on Hillary Clinton's laptop. No. Are you sure? Yeah. That's that's okay. gonna be uh that's gonna be like November 1st or 2nd or something. Okay. Yeah. Um well once that uh story breaks, then WikiLeaks uh upon prompting from Roger Stone, then unleashed all the uh emails from the ah, butter emails on October seventh that were from uh, Podesta. And uh, that morning, the United States um, accused Russia of interfering, of interfering in the election, the election itself, uh, getting into our computers across the country. The good news is that none of those things are gonna have much of an impact on the coming years, so. Which brings us to the impossible question. If Trump becomes the GOP candidate for 2024, what percentage of the voting public do you think will vote for him? Voting public, 18 or older U.S. citizens who are registered to vote. Give me the percentage. Ben Bart. I just absolutely decline to answer this question. There's way too much to know between now and then. I will say that in uh, if you want to really poop yourself, in head-to-head -head polls with Biden, he is now ahead and not by the margin. Um, of the poll, like the economy sucks and gas is too expensive and um, Trump has got a really decent chance to be president again. This is not where Tim thought this was going. I've just <laughs> pooped myself. Thank you. <laughs> if you'll excuse me. I say 30%. Oh, I think 48%. Yeah. Timmy, he's going to get a lot of votes. 30. Gosh, darn it. All right. I'm moving on. That basement's <laughs> looking sadder and sadder, my brother. Here we go. My eyes were swelling up again. <laughs> Who died in 2016? I am going to give you character names, and you're going to tell me who the actor is or the performer who oh, that's dies. Good. That's a nice conceit. It's a nice, like, extra layer here. Phil Fish, Salvatore Tessio, 
Oh, uh, oh Abe Vigoda. That's correct. I got that one first. I got that one first. You didn't, but you definitely get the point because you played, and I'm really proud of you. No way, I did get it first. Listeners, hit, 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 rewind 15 seconds, and let's see who won. It was Barton. Uh, All right, next. Oh, wait, by the way, there's an amazing, (laughs) amazing Triumph the Insult comic dog goes to the Tony's video where he just mocks the Tony's. Uh And then he goes outside the Tony's and Abe Vigoda is trying to get in and they won't (laughs) let him in. And Triumph starts a riot with people chanting, let Abe in, let Abe in. They weren't letting Abe Vigoda in? They wouldn't let Abe Vigoda in. Oh, oh my God. God. And he's, he's at the front door like, can you let me in one more time for old time's sake? And they wouldn't do it. Oh. All right. Next. Paranoid Android. Hans Gruber. Come on, come on, Ben. Come on. Severus Snape. Snape. That's Alan Rickman. Yes, it Alan is. Alan Rickman. He doesn't want your charity. I must have missed that particular episode of 60 minutes or whatever that uh, i love that line with uh, gruber has in Die Hard. david robert jones jareth the goblin king pontius pilot ziggy stardust you're talking about david bowie i am indeed okay he was uh jareth the goblin king in willow Labyrinth. No, I, don't know. I know what it's called. I don't remember which one of those movies it was. <laughs> All right. Labyrinth. I have never. Have you guys seen Labyrinth? Oh, yeah. Really? And finally, these are not. These are not um, characters. These are songs featuring this singer. Against the Wind. The One You Love. Heartache Tonight. Peaceful, easy feeling. Take it, Ben. Take it easy. This is Glenn Fry. This is Glenn. Glenn. Yes, Glenn Fry. How could you not start with the heat is? Smuggler's Blues. That was Smuggler's Blues for sure. Smuggler's On the Miami Vice soundtrack, by the way. And they made Great a whole one. they made a whole Miami Vice episode around the song where Glenn Fry plays the sleazy drug the smuggler. Dealer. Yeah. Unbelievable. Man of many talents. I gotta tell you, Glenn Fry's greatest hits is just a I didn't think it was possible to make a record more, more unlistenable than the Eagles' greatest hits, but no, it no. turns out it's Glenn no. Fry's greatest hits. You gotta play for me uh oh, the, the one you love. Do I really have to do yeah, that? Yeah, you really do. Because that's Glenn Fry and his guitar. Here's the other Glenn Fry. at the age-old question have a hilarious episode called what happened to the sax solo oh 
I, I highly, I highly recommend. I think Glenn it. Fry killed it. Is what happened to the sex? Oh my god, that's like, I mean, that does that not sound like a trailer for a romantic comedy starring Dudley Moore? I mean, it's just oh, so, yeah. So, so invitation to cynicism. If you look at the expanse of Glenn Fry's career, and all those songs, the the greatest hits of Glenn Fry and the greatest hits of the Eagles. Are our lives richer or poorer for Glenn Fry's musical contributions? Neither. They are completely uh, unaltered. Glenn Fry is the, what's a third rate, what's your favorite third rate fast food restaurant? Like the step below McDonald's Burger King. Like what's your emergency fast food place? Oh yeah, Arby's or Carl's Jr. There you go, Carl's Jr. Glenn Fry is the Carl's Jr. of music culture. He is uh, neither to be reviled or or uh, loved. He's to be, you know, blithely tolerated until he goes away. I disagree. Totally which, richer, which he did. Oh, give me a break! Does that clap part and the heat is on? I'm just thrilled about that thrilled with that you know jeff simons maybe it's because you don't belong to the city Us, i don't, I don't belong, belong to, the, to the city fair enough that was another one from the miami vice soundtrack it was loved that one Loved uh, that one. well when they went to new york it was a very special uh two-part episode of miami we vice. had a buddy in high school whose name was uh paul arberman i'm just gonna go ahead and shout him out and he was an <laughs> early adopter of the miami vice thing so we are going through so just like going to a random kegger party in high school and he's got the aqua shirt nice and the white jacket and he's just bringing it bring shamelessly bringing it anyhow this poor guy as we arrive at the party my best friend Vince and I get behind him and we're doing you belong to the city we just follow him around <laughs> singing behind him as he tries to pick up on the ladies didn't work out for him i can't imagine why that is uh, let's get to I probably our... still prefer his company to Glenn Fry's. Uh, let's get to our three albums. Our three albums. Boom. Jeff Simons, I think you go first this week. Fair enough. Um, so I'm going to start by saying I was really, really, really hoping I would love this artist's second record, which is the more recent record. Um, and I really didn't. And so I've got kind of a love hate thing going on here because I loved this debut record so much um, and, and uh, played it a lot. And then her second record, which came out in 2020, was a wild change in uh, production and sound. Um, it really felt like she was chasing the sound of the moment. So I'm, but I'm eagerly awaiting album number three because the promise uh, shown on this first solo record, I just thought it's like every once in a while you hear a solo record, and you're like, oh wow, this person's got a sound. They got, they play the guitar differently than most people. They, they're doing something. This is Margaret Glaspie. Anybody ever heard of Margaret Glaspie out there? I have. Pause, yeah. pause for. Margaret Glaspie, born in Sacramento, but raised in Red Bluff, California, way up by the Oregon border and relative Nowheresville, teaches herself how to play guitar and songs and gets a scholarship to the Berkeley College of Music in uh, the cultural epicenter of the universe, as Tim would like to remind us, that is Boston, Massachusetts. Um, she very quickly and correctly recognizes that what Berkeley offers you is a chance to meet other players, but that staying and paying 120 grand 
to stay for four years might not be necessary. So she drops out. She becomes part of the local Boston music scene. She's in a, a band that makes an, a very small EP. She keeps writing, writing, writing. She is a slow burn. It's 2010 when she drops out of Berkeley. It's 2016 when her debut record comes out. But uh, this is a record called Emotions and Math. Uh, it is full of these just wonderfully crafted art pop songs with this just instantly lovable um, uh, electric guitar playing. Um, I like her voice. I like the lyrics. And this song did it for me. I, was, I, had, I had downloaded the record because um, I read a positive review of it somewhere. And, but this song, Memory Street, is right in the middle of the record. Um, and, I, and I got to the middle of the song and she, uh, the lyrics, which never happens for me, right? Like I'm a sound guy. The lyrics always come second, but I was already really digging the sound of it. And then um, this verse just um, jumped out at me and it made me go back and really treat the record uh, with some respect, listen to it a whole bunch of times. This is just one of those records that got lost. Um, I think it was pretty critically lauded. Um, and I, you know, I've checked out some YouTube clips. She can play, she can bring it live. She's married to a phenomenal guitar player named Julian Lage, who does a duo thing with Nels Klein. Um, so she's, she's surrounded uh, in her micro world with an aesthetic of a uh, musician that I, I really admire. All right, so anyway, here's um, the middle verse of Memory Street, which is my favorite song on Margaret Glaspie's Emotion and Math. Here we go. Emotions and Math by Margaret Glaspie. Get hungry. For the mess we made I start walking down memory lane The record skips, but I let it play And I hear your voice scream my name not know that song that's fantastic isn't that great yeah what's her name margaret glaspy i love it yeah with a p with a p g l a with a p g l a s p y emotions and math and that and it's got like that's the one that that's the real just spine crusher but it's got like five or six just toe tapper really well played really well sung tunes on it so highly recommended all right on it mark margaret glaspy uh ben what do you got 
Oh, what's my album? Yeah, what's your album? Uh, my album is uh, Anderson Pack Malibu. All right, so Anderson Pack born February 8th, 1986 in Oxnard, California. Okay. But dude, um, his family background is so insane that there's a not one, not two, not three, not four, but five part undefeated article that's from an LA Times reporter just about Anderson Pack's parents, grandparents, and all of the stuff that led him to this country. His mom is half African-American, half Korean, born in Korea, abandoned at an orphanage, adopted by African-American parents in Compton. Marries his dad. They're estranged. Dad comes back and tries to murder his mom when Anderson Pack is home. He's sent off to jail, dies in jail. Anderson Pack never has a chance to get to know him or, um, or know anything more about him other than that he tried to kill his mom. They're living around Oxnard. They're like living in a, re a relatively white area of California. Um, and the mom's carrying them by organic strawberry farming. She owns organic strawberry farms. They have a bad crop. And then she supplements her income with securities fraud. She goes to jail for seven years when he's like 16, 17. His stepdad... Now, this part I'm a little fuzzy around. I think his stepdad's a preacher. He ends up in jail. Um, Anderson Pack starts his career as a drummer. He's a drummer in the church band, and he's a good enough Trump drummer that he gets hired just as a straight-up session guy to tour with Haley Stanfield. In between this time where he's trying to make it as a drummer, he's homeless for a stretch. He's working at a weed farm for a stretch. He's just barely hanging in there trying to make it in music. His first stage name is the outstanding, fantastic, but never would have made it stage name of Breezy Lovejoy. And he puts out several different albums and mixtapes under the name Breezy Lovejoy. Then his, it's his middle name that's Pack. His last name is his father's last name, but he, so that's why he uses his, little, his middle name. And he adds a period in front of Pack. So when you're looking for him, it's period, P-A-A-K. And he says the period's for detail. Like he, one of the things that he learned in this long meandering in the wilderness and the twists and turns of his family story is to really focus in on the details. And you'll really hear it in his music. Um, he starts recording under his own name. 2013, he puts out an EP called Cover Art. Jeff, have you heard this record? I have not heard Cover okay, Art. Dude, you are in for a gargantuan. I can't wait. Massive treat. This is actually my second favorite Anderson Pack record. It's insane. Wow. I'm just going to read the. Okay, so I'll tell you the concept. Anderson Pack was like, you know, um, in the 50s and the 60s, and dude, to today, white acts cover black sounds, steal black sounds, and make a whole bunch of money off of it. I'm just going to do the opposite. I'm going to take a bunch of quintessential white people's songs and then record them as African-American soul and hip-hop songs. Oh Here are God. the six songs on this record. Maps, which we've covered. I've actually played that song. Seven Nation Army, Such Great Heights, Blackbird, Heart of Gold, and then 
by a mile my favorite on this. A six minute, 42 second cover of Toto's Hold the Line. That's so much better than the Toto Hold the Line. It will make you laugh out loud. Like you're not gonna believe how freaking great that song is when Anderson Pack and his guests do it. Um, sad to report it's not on Spotify. You can go to Bandcamp and buy it or you can yep. just watch it on YouTube, but Hold the Line will blow your mind to strap in, you're in for a treat. Hey, it's Clint Boyer. Be sure to watch. I was just trying to, I was just trying to find it on the sly and uh, stupid YouTube went to an ad. Yeah, sure. Um, then he puts out and his next four records under his name are 2014 Venice, 2016 Malibu, 2018 Oxnard, and 2019 Ventura. So he keeps naming things after parts of California that he's got a close touch with. Um, Malibu is so Ventura is an, an indie label. Malibu he puts out on his own, and then he gets signed by Dr. Dre. And again, I just want to pause for a second. This is the second year in a row when the album of the year by the artist that I love the most from that year was signed by Dre. Like Dre is just on fire. He's got amazing taste. Um, Dre's comeback record, of course, it's not really a comeback record, but uh, Compton has six different songs that have Anderson Pack on. It's a heavy, heavy Anderson Pack record. And uh, Dre loves his work. And, and each one of those songs is super, super, super extra strong. Um, it's a weird act in the following way. He like, basically we've had this before. Everybody who's like a musical genius and brilliant wants to be Prince. And so he puts out too much music. And that's just a fact that's on the ground that you have to eat if you're me. This record, which I love, I love this record, um, has 16 songs on it. Um, and as you can imagine, on any 16-song record, it's a mixed bag, you know. Um, but that being said, there are 10, maybe 12, just freaking fantastic songs on this record. And he's taking this whole fresh look at the 70s and 80s in African-American music. I absolutely love it. I'm going to ask Jeff to do me the favor. We're not going to get a minute of two different songs, right? I just want you to hear the waterfront of what this guy's bringing. So, Jeff, if you will do Come Down at 28 seconds and dude you can do 15 seconds of that and you'll get the flavor for what this song sounds like exactly what the nigga came for So, uh, dude, this is just the old-fashioned Sly and the Family Stone Funkadelic song. And I love that man, line so much. You drink all my liquor. What am I supposed to do now? It's so funny. So I good. I love that so, so much. Um, and uh, I saw him at Bonnaroo. I was thrilled. I can't remember the year that he played, but this was my number one act. It was the act that I wanted to see the most. I got right down to the pit, right front, front and center. Whole band comes out. And there's no drummer. He comes out plays this song on the drums, screaming along while he's laying down that, that drum beat. And at this point, I had no idea that he started as a drummer. I was like, what the hell is going on? What is <laughs> happening with this guy? But yeah, man, his number one instrument is drums. And when you see them live, he plays the drums on five out of six songs while he's singing and then gets up and dances and somebody else takes on the drums. It's absolutely unbelievable. Um, that's a hit off this record a non-hit off this record, and my absolute bar none favorite song on this record is Celebrate. Malibu by Anderson Pack. I 
know what they say I could give a care They talk so much on me I must be doing something right I saw my Sunday In the likeness of a full grown man So I'll celebrate While I still can Ooh, on a day day You can see West LA Even downtown I remember when I couldn't even see the point Of stepping out the motherfucking house Let it go, let it go, let it go Let it go, let it go, let it go Let it go, let it go Let it go, let it go I saw the likeness of my son in a full grown man. So let's celebrate while we still can just like on father. Like we just did the father's yeah. one. Just yeah. perfectly Absolutely. captures that. And the thing that's so cool. Um, it's such a great counterpoint to the many, many, many songs in this genre called celebration. I mean, there's like what yeah. six Kanye West songs that are about this topic. <laughs> and each one of the little, like little pocket nuggets that he wants to celebrate are like seeing his son as a grown person, listening to an old person, give him advice. Um, like the things that he's celebrating about life are just so beautiful. And uh, I, 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 I reached the point where I couldn't even see the point of walking out the door. I mean, believe me, this guy's lived it and walked it. And for him to still find the time to celebrate, this one just always moved me. Oh, Great cool choice. Stuff. Love this record. I knew you were going to pick it. Um, and I have nothing to add, but like, amen. I, and I, you know, I think Silk Sonic, the thing he does with Bruno Mars was a little disappointing, but the highs are incredibly high. And uh, I'm going to listen to everything this guy does. I mean, just he gets a pass every single time. It's great. Yeah, I know. Even if you don't like it, it's super interesting. Right. Here's what I'll note. It's a 16 song record. The two songs he plays you are song 13 and 15. And that's when, you know, that's when you know smoke. you're putting out too many songs. It's so true. It's so true. I do have that. I do have that mild criticism, but it's a mild criticism. Well, yeah. dude, and it's a, he puts out a whole bunch of stuff. He's got this NX worries thing. He's got like eight different solo projects. Um, he's just got a lot of irons in the fire. Um, that being said, multi-instrumentalist beautiful songwriter and also just completely cutting against the grain like he's not a rap act he's just doing his own thing off to the side fantastic i, I just downloaded the ep while you were talking yeah you're in for a treat man <laughs> that's great thank I you Bandcamp. hold the line burn up, burn. i had that on eight track tape by the way toto's first solo record what a was tune it? that's a banger can't wait to see what he does oh. <laughs> um all right you guys did good 2016 um one artist i've never heard of jeff simons one artist i'm not familiar with ben barton so uh so you're expanding my repertoire speaking of which i'm going with a band i know nothing about so hopefully one of you guys will know something about these guys and you know that they're nice people. Um, do you know the band Car Seat Headrest? Yes. Yes. I want to pick... Saw on a All right. Yes. I want to pick <laughs> Car Seat Headrest. Uh, what's the name of the album? 
Teens of Denial. Teens of Denial, which is a lovely title. And I'm going with the uh, song Drunk Drivers, Killer Whales. And yep. I'm going to ask a big favor because it's got such a slow lead in Jeff Simons. Yep. So I would love if you would be willing to start at uh, one minute and 26 seconds and go just over a minute. Um, you got it. To really kind of hear how quirky these guys rock. Teens of Denial by Car Seat Headrest. Not a good thing. I don't mean to rationalize or try and explain it away. It's not okay, drunk drivers, drunk drivers. It's too late to articulate. I can't put my finger on it. They remind me of someone. They sound pavement. Yeah, pavement's the band I think they sound like. Huh. I like them a lot. Uh, I like this song a lot. They have more up-tempo songs that are even yeah. more guitar-y, and those are yeah. the ones that I prefer. Um, but yeah, no, I basically, I dig this band. If I could take a page out of the Ben Barton uh, recommendation, they have a live record hey. called Commit Yourself Completely, where which I think, A, cherry picks all the records Bless. really really effectively it has pretty much all the songs i really like by them in one show and because it's live it actually sounds better than their shittily recorded records so i actually prefer the live okay. record versions and and there's more energy and there's just more at stake like even the slow meandering parts like they're doing it in front of a crowd and so they're really intentional so i recommend i recommend the live versions tim if you haven't listened to commit yourself completely it's uh, it's good. It's a really good car seat headrest. I have also seen this band. I saw them at the Great American Music Hall. All right, and I yeah, also they, really enjoyed them. They kind so. of keep me young. They remind me of being like twenty three and the style section editor of the Northeastern News. And I would go to clubs like Bill's Bar, uh, or Lansdowne Street, or or the Linwood, and I would hear bands dressed in flannel. Back in the I, like, day. I love that version of Timmy because you had already kind of moved beyond that version of Timmy when we met. Yeah. So he, sneaks his, he like pokes his head up like Groundhog Day every once in a while. I, I wish used, I had known that one. I used to have hair down to my mouth. Yeah. I was, I was edgy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Now, now I'm not edgy. Now I'm punchy. Uh, I'm squirrely, as Ben Barton would say. Squirrely is the word, man. All right, we have just knocked out two podcasts this afternoon. Don't tell him that. 
What? Edit that shit out. We, they don't know. <laughs> like, it's not like they're going to listen to Father's Day and then a week later than this and be like, boy, that sounds like the same listen, afternoon. We, we don't keep anything from our, our loyal oh, listeners. Geez, that is such they're, a, um, they're that's an circle. Oz curtain pole that people do not need right there. By the way, two different songs that we heard from the listeners that we missed on the Father's Day podcast. The Dylan acoustic version of Forever Young oh, and very any good. one of eight Springsteen songs. Right? Yeah. The one that I would choose is um, Long Time Coming, but there's a bunch of Springsteen there's songs about dads. Maybe My yeah. Hometown? Yeah. I thought that was going to be Timmy's pick. I thought Timmy would pick My Hometown. Uh, I did think of Montclair when I... Uh... When I listen to that song, he's also got that live version of the river where he tells the long story about his dad wanting him to cut his hair. Whew, oh, dude, gets... it's like the live version of Independence Day. He's oh. got some long yeah. stuff to say about his dad. Actually, my, I, I'm going to I'm going to swipe all of those. The best song about dads that Springsteen ever wrote is Adam Raised a Cane. No, no I think my favorite one about dads is Factory. That two-minute song about his dad's miserable life getting up to the horn of the factory. Does anybody else do this? When I set an alarm and I'm up at 545, I'm like, early in the morning. Factory whistle blows. You're the only one that does that. Uh, I sing I'm, I'm going to suggest adopting it. It works really nice. 16 Tons by Tennessee Ernie Ford. I got oh my soul to the company. I'm going to start. I'm going to start. All right. Fellas, uh, next time we talk, I will be somewhere in Utah. How about that? Somewhere with Wi-Fi in Utah, and we will, because uh, I'm bringing the microphone on the trip. Hello. And um, you're gonna bring that backpacking? Don't is do it me you're looking for? I won't. Uh, I won't actually bring it backpacking, but it'll be in the it'll be in the van. So for those of you looking to break into a car in the Utah desert, Tim's rental van will have a have a moderately priced podcast microphone in it. <laughs> I'm watching Under the Banner cool. of Heaven on on Hulu. Are any of you? How's it treating you? Yeah. I, I'm riveted. The first episode was, it was a slam dunk. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Looks incredible. But it's got me thinking about Utah in ways in which you are not thinking about Utah. How so. was the Jeff Almet music? Did it sound good? Yeah, it was great actually. And it's, I didn't know he did it. And I'm like 40 minutes in, I turned to Susan and was like, God, the music's excellent for this. She's like, I totally agree. It's so perfect. And then I was watching the credits. It was like music by Jeff Amen. I'm like, go buddy, oh. go. He really did. I mean, I don't know how it's going to, go there's seven more episodes for me to go but it's it kills it in the first in the pilot awesome so. all right highly recommended we will check it out yeah it's like a um it's like a travel video for for people going to utah i'm excited it is very much not that oh my god <laughs> i will talk to you all later well done Peace. that was fun that was a good time today is working for me do you believe that for yourself Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. 
Subscribe to the Nature Pack podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed.